You are listening to It's Time with Margie Florent. Join Margie as she inspires, teaches, and encourages you to develop your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ through prayer. honor you. 
We honor you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you. We surrender to you. We delight in you. It's all about you. This is what we live for. This is why we breathe. This is why we do what we do. You have a people who are called by your name, who have said yes to the call to prayer. I just heard him say, and I know it's a very popular scripture, but the Bible says, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. And then I heard him say, I am not a man that I should lie, neither the son of man that I should repent. What I've spoken, I am going to make good. And I'm speaking things over your life, and I'm speaking things over your family, and you're going to see God do some new things, some great and mighty things in your families. Not hope so. Not maybe so. Not if. Guaranteed. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I love it when a people who are called by his name decide. Everyone say decide. Decide. That they're not going to go to a service where they're just going to get fed. Gimme, 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 prophesy to me, prophesy to me, prophesy to me, prophesy to me, gimme, 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 gimme. But a people that have decided that they're gonna give, say, of themselves over unto God for prayer. God said, I sought for a man amongst them that would stand in the gap and put up the hedge. Thank God he's finding us in here today. You know what I'm seeing in my spirit? I'm seeing in my spirit an alarm going off in our nation. That would state the obvious, but I'm not stating the obvious. I'm telling you what I'm seeing in my spirit. There's an alarm, and the alarm is a red alarm. That's a warning, right? Our youth, as never before, are in need of some strong mothers and fathers. That's right. Not just to mentor them, which we're doing, but we've got to water those teachings and the things that we're sharing with them and the ways that we're raising our kids. We need to water those things in prayer. The spirit and the word, they agree. 
So many have neglected their prayer lives and have turned away from all those things and turned into those and looked at those distractions. And God is turning our hearts back to Him. And that's the focus and that's the purpose of Kingdom Intercessors United to strengthen you in the Word of God, to pray and to lay hands on each and every one of you for an impartation. Oh, an impartation? Do you believe spiritual things are transferable? Spiritual things are transferable. Spiritual things are transferable through association, who you hang around. That's why it's important who you're aligned with. And I know for me, I'm getting ready to make some changes. Spiritual things are transferable through whose ministry you follow closely or who you sit under. Spiritual things are transferable through the laying on of hands. And God said to Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of hands. God is going to stir you up in all three areas today. And then I just heard it again. And he said, I'm going to show you some great and mighty things. You know, the Bible says, can a nation be born at once? Can something happen in your family overnight? Absolutely, without question or hesitation. When Zion, which is the church, travails, she brings forth her children. And God knows we're putting ourselves in a position to travail. Everyone say travail. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, as moms, we carry that baby for nine long months. And then there comes a point. There comes a time under heaven because to everything there is a season and a time and a purpose under heaven. There comes a time when that which you have been carrying you open up and that which you've been carrying is born. That's why we got to just keep doing what you're doing. we're doing. I told Faye and I told Pastor Mark, I said it to their group a couple weeks ago. I probably shouldn't say this, but I am. Because it's my meeting, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> By the Holy Ghost, who is the captain and the leader. You know, I just was getting like discouraged with KIU. And, you know, the Holy Ghost said, he said, don't you grow weary in well-doing? He said, how do you think I feel? He said, you look way back into the early church. There was 500 that started in the upper room. 500. But you know what happened? They heard the promise. They, they got to hear it right out of, the, out of the mouth of Jesus. They heard the promise, wait, tarry ye here till you be endued with power from on high. Wait, wait, wait. And you know what? They grew weary in well-doing. They didn't see the manifestation. They drew back. And you know what the interesting thing is? Is at the end, when the promise was to be born, there was only 120 left in that upper room. Can I just say something? And I know you're the same. I am going to be the remnant. And so are you. 
When you hear the sound of the trumpet and you hear the Holy Ghost calling you to prayer, you respond. I am not stopping. I am not quitting. Though the vision tarry, you wait for it. We are not of them that draw back. We are of them that press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I refuse to quit. And let me just tell you something, so do you. And when you get up in the morning, and when I get up in the morning, the devil is afraid. He's not happy about what you're doing. He's not happy about what we're doing, but we're not gonna quit. We're not gonna faint. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep running the race that's set before us. We're going to keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of what he has begun in the earth, in the church world, and in this nation. But everything begins with prayer and is sustained by prayer. So I'm not stopping. Put your hand on your hip. <laughs> Can you feel that in here? Can you? Yes. Even now, he's imparting strength to you. Spiritual things are transferable. I hear him saying, I am strengthening with might by my spirit in the inner man and of each and every one of my people that are here, that I have called by my name, that have decided to humble themselves and pray. I can feel it right here. He's strengthening you already. You will not be the same after this meeting. There is something about this particular meeting. I don't know. We've had six or seven of these. There's something about this meeting. I'm telling you, God is gonna do a new thing. We're gonna keep moving. And I hear the Holy Ghost saying, this prayer movement is gonna continue to gain momentum. Because you know what? This is the deal. And I'm just gonna say it. People are bored with church. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Want me to spell it? B-O-R-E-D. Bored. You know why they're bored with church? Because they're not doing with anything with what they have. This concludes my teaching for today. For more information or resources, visit our website at margieflorent.org. You are listening to It's Time with Margie Florent. Join Margie as she inspires, teaches, and encourages you to develop your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ through prayer. The greatest act of love you and I could do is to lay down our lives and to be an intercessor on the behalf of humanity. And if you're not giving of yourself in prayer, you will grow weary and you will get tired because it gets real tiring with the whole me, 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 me. Aren't you tired of the me generation? I'm so ready to move into the new, but it's going to take uh, a shift in my people, a shift of 
instead of being introverted, looking out and looking onto the fields. They're ripe unto harvest. Though the visionary wait for it because there is going to be a great harvest that is coming in these last days. And we are living in the last days. And he's calling a remnant unto himself that will say yes to the call to prayer. I said to Marsha, I said, we might do some things a little different next year. We ought to like, should I say it? I'm not committing to this. I'm thinking about it. We ought to do like a two or three day prayer seminar and bring the diehard teachers that are my age into this area and get them to fan the flames of prayer. Because my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So God has a plan. And what we want to do is we want to get hooked up with his plan, his purposes, what he wants to do, and just say, yes, Lord. Do you remember, Cheryl, the days of old when we would pray for an hour and nobody was looking around and everybody was just groaning in the spirit if that's how the Holy Ghost was manifesting in intercession? And we just entered in and we yielded. What happened to that spirit of prayer? It's called the spirit of grace and supplication. God is reviving it. Yes. Yes. So don't grow weary in well-doing, Mrs. Florent, <laughs> Faye Scott Gordon, those of you that are prayer leaders, Pastor Mark, Angel Morano, my friend Karen Fontana, who has paved the way, especially in praying for the youth. We just got to keep doing what we're doing. Though the vision, Terry, we're waiting for our prayers are working. They're availing much, and you don't always see what they're doing. But not only does my father who sees in secret, not only does he reward you for your praying, my father who sees in secret sees the effects of all your prayers. And in the realm of the spirit, the highway is being built. The crooked ways are being made straight and the rough places are being made plain. Angels are being set up over here. Angels are being set up over there. Demons tremble when you pray in tongues. They don't understand the mystery. They tremble. All they know is, is when you pray in tongues, his camp is demolished. When you pray in tongues, it goes into the realm of the spirit and aborts his plans, purposes, and schemes. Well, you know, we don't want the church to pray in tongues anymore. What are we doing when we're praying in tongues? He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. How be it in the spirit you speak mysteries. You speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. When you don't know how to pray, what to say, what to do, you have the Holy Ghost within you who goes be, who rises up within you and prays the absolute perfect prayer. No wonder why the devils attack tongues so much. You know, you think about the, you could be seated, but I'm not done, you can keep playing. This isn't my message. 
You think about the early church when that was born. At the birth of the church age, what was the very first thing that manifested? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they all began to what? Speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave mantras. You know, I don't know how many times Jesus talked about the Holy Ghost. It was 200 and something, or maybe less. I know in the New Testament, I think it was 233 times he was mentioned. But he talked about the Holy Ghost all the time. We need the Holy Ghost in prayer. We need him. Listen, I do 99 and 9 tenths of my praying in other tongues. Amen. Right? I mean, you go away for five days to seek God and you pray day in and day out. After a while, you start running out of your understanding. <laughs> the Apostle Paul said, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than you all. So I just want to encourage you to stir up the gift of God. Amen? Praise God. Thank you, angel. Isn't she a blessing? That's my girl. How long have we been friends? 38 years. 38 years. Yeah. We've been together for a long time. Thank you, Jesus. How is everyone today? How many of you ran into that detour over by the parkway? <laughs> Thank God for the GPS. <laughs> Amen? I'm going to talk today for a little bit, and then my sister-in-law, Kathy Bixel, is going to come right up behind me. I want to talk to you about contending for the hearts and destiny of our future leaders, which would mean our children. Now, when we talk about praying for our children or our future leaders, we're not just talking about the children that were born from your womb. Because many of you have birthed spiritual children and they didn't come out of your body. They were birthed through you in the spirit. When we talk about these children, we're talking about your cousin. We're talking about any child that you have in your sphere of influence. There is war over the destiny and hearts of our children. I have never had such a prayer assignment and a prayer burden like I have had in the last four months. If any of you have been on any of our prayer calls, you know that to be true. And when we decided to do this KIU event, the Holy Ghost said, you make that the theme. Then you film it, and then you put it up over the Internet and get that word out into all the world. There is war against the hearts and the destiny of these children. Let me tell you my story real quick. I was 34 years old, 33-ish. And I was sitting in the front row of Faith Fellowship Ministries. Pastor Dave, I believe, was teaching. And when I was sitting there, the Holy Ghost said to me, you're going to have trouble conceiving. Aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost? He always shows you things to come, and he warns you. You know the prophecies given that you could war, a good warfare? Do you know that that child that you have the most 
war with is probably the child that's the most marked. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He said, you're going to have trouble conceiving, but the Holy Ghost said, he said, fear not. He said, you are going to conceive. He said, and your firstborn will be a son, and you're to call his name John. And told me several things about him. I called him Jonathan when he was born. I didn't think God cared, but now they call him John. Everybody calls him John. So what happened is my story, my journey was that it was true. I was having a very difficult time conceiving. So my husband and I were connected with Bill Cooper, who was a doctor in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. And so we went to see him, and to make a very long story short, it was in the best interest of me, in order to get pregnant, to uh, go through what's called in vitro fertilization. Okay? We're talking 26 years ago. It's not as popular as it is today. So I remember um, coming home after one of the treatments, and I remember pulling into my garage, and I remember pulling in, turning my car off, and the Holy Ghost said, he said, you're going to have twins in your first pregnancy, and you will get pregnant through in vitro fertilization. He said, and in your second pregnancy, you are going to have a singleton, and you will get pregnant on your own. I wrote it down. I still have the original piece of paper. These children were destined to be mine. Not only as a natural parent, but as a spiritual parent, as a watchman, as a woman of God, watching over their lives and making sure that that which God has called them to do is surely going to come to pass. And there is no other love like a mother's love. Right? You start messing with the kids and a father's love. You start messing with the kids and the claws come out. The horns come out. You will climb over any mountain. You will do anything for your kids. Do you know that the greatest thing we could do for our children really is to lay down our lives and to pray for them and sow into them in prayer? So this is the cool thing. The very first in vitro fertilization uh, um, uh, shot that we did, procedure that we did, I got pregnant. That's a miracle. How many of you have some miracle kids? You weren't supposed to have babies, and then you know this, that, and the other thing, and then you get pregnant. Like, hello? To some of you, it's a little bit of a shocker. But let me tell you what, God has everything under control. So, about 30 weeks into the pregnancy, I went into preterm labor. Not fun. I was put on complete bed rest. They gave me this medication to try to stop the contractions. You know, and that was the day of my shower, remember? And so they, they held off the contractions and held off the contractions as long as they possibly could. But ready or not, these babies were coming. I remember going into the OR because we had to do an emergency C-section. 
And I remember, you know how they do, ladies, you know how they do. My husband, he couldn't really deal too much with any of that because he faints at the sight of blood. <laughs> but they put that curtain up, and they went in, and they took Jonathan out. He came out, and he came out screaming and crying. And I knew, wow, that's, I'm a mother. And then when they went in to get Danielle, she didn't want to come out. I could feel her crawling up under my ribs, and it took a while to get her out. She didn't want to come out. And I remember that when they finally got her out, she wasn't breathing. The devil is a liar. You can't steal, kill, and destroy anything that's mine. So, right there in the OR, there began my fight. There I began to contend for my children. There I began to uphold them in prayer. I began to speak the word of God right in the OR that Satan would have desired to have them, to sift them as we, to take them out. But God had other plans. And there is power when a parent prays over their kids. And I began to speak the word of God over them right there. And I didn't care who was around. This concludes my teaching for today. For more information or resources, visit our website at margieflorent.org. You are listening to It's Time with Margie Florent. Join Margie as she inspires, teaches, and encourages you to develop your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ through prayer. I said, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you said in your word that you would make me the happy mother of children. I thank you that you said in your word that, that, that my kids will be like arrows in the hands of a warrior. I thank you that no weapon that is formed against my children will prosper in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of death and I command life to flow into Danielle and life to flow into Jonathan in the name of Jesus. Long story short, six weeks later, they came home. Danielle was four and a half pounds. Jonathan was five pounds. Itty-bitty babies. Two to three months later, I didn't know it, but I got pregnant. It was that one time that Marcia came to my house to help me with the babies. It's her fault. I didn't know I was pregnant. But seven months after my twins were born, I found out that this little movement that was taking place right in here was a baby. You're such a prophet of God. You are such a prophet. You are a seer. You see and know. Yeah, I had a baby on the inside of me and didn't even know it, some prophet. It, within the same year, Jacqueline was born. 
just like the Holy Ghost said. When God speaks something over your family, over your children, there is nothing that can stop that destiny from coming forth. I'm telling you, my friends, there has never been a generation like this generation of youth. The war has been raging against them. Let's look at this scripture. Psalms 127, verse 3 and 4 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. There is a call on this generation of young people. Are you listening? I was talking to my friends last night, and, and I, it just came right out of my mouth. The Holy Ghost said they are a marked generation. Yesterday, I was reading the Time magazine, and it was the November issue of 2016, and this is what the, an article, this is the title of an article that I was reading. Are you ready? The kids are not all right. Here's the subtitle. American teens are anxious, depressed, and overwhelmed. Experts are struggling over how to help them. We're talking about the world is saying that. And then a paragraph of that article said, adolescents today have a reputation for being more fragile, less resilient, and more overwhelmed than their parents were when they were growing up. Now, I've had this conversation. I love my husband, but I've had this conversation with my husband. You know, men and women, we balance each other out. I have a tendency to be a little more grace, mercy. He has a tendency to be a little more structured, um, you know, disciplinarian. He's like, there, there's, no, there, no, there, there, there's not any more war over them. or They don't have it any harder than we do. I just said to him, are you kidding me? I am surrounded by young people. Listen to me. They're having panic attacks. They're cutting themselves. The eating disorder thing is just off the charts. I could go on and on and on. He said, this article said, sometimes they are called coddled or helicoptered. But a closer look paints a far more heartbreaking portrait of why young people are suffering. Anxiety and depression has been on the rise since 2012 after several years of stability. Are you listening? That's what the world is saying. But how many of you know that in Jesus, we have hope? I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I see. I know God has a plan for the youth of this nation. I believe that the youth of this nation is going to be the generation that Kenneth E. Hagin spoke of that's when he prophesied and he said that there would be a generation. He said, and it's going to be said of them like it was said of the early church. They that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. First Peter 2, 9, they are a chosen generation. Yes, they are special. They've been told they're special, and the truth is, they are special. They're a chosen generation. 
The Bible says in Jeremiah 1.5 that before I ever formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. In the case of our kids, he's known them, and he has ordained them to live in a time such as this. I remember when the Twin Towers came down in 2001. I was asked to speak at Grace and Peace for a women's conference, and it was literally about a month after the Twin Towers came down. And I remember the tone of, of the women that were in that women's meeting. They were upset, they were heartbroken, they were fearful because their children watched the Twin Towers come down. And my son, or my daughter said to me, Mommy, I thought that you said, I thought that you said, I thought that you said this would never happen here in our country. And I said, well, I was wrong. How many remember that day? I remember speaking in that women's conference. First of all, before that women's conference, I had never had such warfare in hell in years and years and years. Because, you know, if the devil can get to the leadership and the mothers and the fathers, he can get to the people. I remember almost I remember almost calling Cindy and saying, I need to cancel, I can't do the meeting. But I said, you know what? I'm going to press through this warfare. I'm going to press in because God has a word for his ladies. And I remember stepping into that meeting, and for the first time I had a word about the youth of our nation to help bring comfort, but the Holy Ghost also was saying something. I said, you know what? Yeah. Our kids saw the Twin Towers come down. We get it. They've been exposed to violence and stress and living hell. Some of their friends were killed. Their friends' parents were killed in the Twin Towers. But the Holy Ghost said, those who I call, I equip. He said they were born for such a time as this, and I have equipped them to handle this atmosphere, this warfare. I have put within my youth an ingredient that has not been put on the inside of any other generation that has lived on the face of this earth. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I was preaching in another event this past summer and the Holy Ghost said something in that meeting. He went into prophesying, speaking prophetically about the youth of their nation, and I found this to be very interesting. You know when you prophesy, it's coming out of your mouth and you're sitting there going, oh, that's really good. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Because <laughs> it's not you, it's the Holy Ghost speaking through you. And one of the things the Holy Ghost said, and then I saw it, he said, there's never been a generation like this generation. He said, I have more five-fold ministry gifts that are in the earth today on the inside of your sons and your daughters like no other generation that has ever lived on the face of the earth. He said little Rahabs, little Harl, little, little Joshuas, these little eagles are on the inside of the young people in this day and in this hour. That's why the enemy is trying to take them out. And let me just say something about the ministry. You've got a child and you're in the ministry 
I don't want to say that they're doomed, but they're doomed to be in the ministry. <laughs> Doom is not a good word, but the call of God is upon their life. And there's just something about the blessings of the ministry that filter down and are on the inside of our kids. They're marked. They're a marked generation. What are some promises concerning our children? Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I look at Cheryl's daughter, her kids. I'm telling you, this woman trained those kids in the way that they should go. I don't care all the stuff that we've seen happening with some of our children. Guaranteed, if the Bible says you train them up in the ways that they should go, when they are old, guaranteed, they're coming back. They will not depart from it. Here's another promise, Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and what? And your household. Isaiah 54, 13. I love this one. All of your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace amplified and undisturbed composure of our children. All of them. Not one of them will be lost. I said all of them. I said all of them. All your children will be taught of the Lord, and great will be the peace of your children. So where do we begin? Five more minutes. We begin in faith. We begin in faith. We begin in faith, and we stay in faith. I said we begin in faith, and we stay in faith. We are not moved by what we see. We are not moved by what we hear. We are not moved by the circumstances. We are moved only on one thing, that the promises of God are yes and amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things you don't see. By faith, there were many things that happened, and by faith, all of our children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace and undisturbed composure of our children. And you got to remain in faith. The Holy Ghost told me when I was preparing, he says, you tell my people, to, they got to remain in faith and watch what they say out of their mouth concerning their children. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. With our mouths we curse and with our mouths we bless. That ought not to be. I've prayed for my kids and prayed and prayed and prayed and then something happens, you know. They don't put the dish in the dishwasher. Does anybody know the frustration? And then they go to college and they come home and then it's quesada, sera again. I'm just like, the dishwasher's empty put it in. Amen? And sometimes out of frustration, you know, you find yourself. Does anybody in here talk to yourselves? <laughs> Come on, admit it. Come on. I find myself out of my own mouth it, uh, <sighs> saying things I shouldn't be saying about that child. How about the faith of Abraham? 
He considered not his body. He called those things that be not as though they were. He didn't consider the circumstances. Even though he was 100 years old and God promised him that he would be the father of many nations and all his descendants after him. And you know what? Abraham, the Bible says, was strong in faith, gave glory to God, and he never spoke negative about what God had promised. I believe that we need to watch what comes out of our mouth. Amen? This concludes my teaching for today. For more information or resources, visit our website at margieflorent.org.